Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. When Pastor Tony told me what line of the Lord's Prayer he was going to explore this week, Thy will be done on earth, my first thought was, you know, it's a good thing you just unpacked all those boxes of books because you're going to need it. It's a big one. (laughs) Thinking back to his sermon message last week of Jesus' vision that the kingdom of God begins with me, does that also, also apply here? The will of God is kind of ambiguous. Can we recognize it? Can we separate it from our own desires, or should we? Today's scripture is somewhat ambiguous, too. See if you don't agree, and if not, why are you so sure? Matthew 12, 46 to 50. Jesus' mother and brothers... While Jesus was still speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. There have been times throughout my life where I have lacked confidence. The kind of confidence that allows an individual to say, ah, I know that this is God's will for my life, that this is what I am intended to do. And when I was young, I had that gift, that sense of confidence. And then things begin to change. And ever since that change took place, when I say the Lord's Prayer, and I come to this line, Thy will be done, I still have a ton of question marks that follow after it. I mean, what does that mean? When we pray and we ask that God's will be done, how in the world are we to understand that? Now, I know I'm not going to share with you the definitive answer because I don't have it. What I am going to share with you is two possibilities of how we might understand those words, thy will be done. What is God's will? There are some individuals who believe that God's will is a lot like a GPS system. GPSs are amazing. GPS will allow you to go from point A to a strange, unknown location called point B. And you may have no idea whatsoever where that place is. And you don't even need to know. You don't need to know if it's north, south, east, west of you. It doesn't matter. All you have to do, all you have to even think about is 
following directions. She or he on your GPS device will tell you, turn left, turn right. At the next light, you're going to make a right, and then your destination will be on the left. Again, we have no clue if we're going north, south, east, or west. What's interesting is people have actually found that if we rely upon the GPS system, that we actually have difficulty finding that location again. Because all we're doing is following the directions. So there's a lot of people that see God's will for our lives kind of like the GPS system. God says, I want this to happen, and then I want this to happen, and then I want this to happen. God has a very specific intent. Now, this view of God's will is dependent upon a God who will intervene in our world. And by intervening, he is bringing about God's will. Along with that comes this idea that God is all-knowing and God is all-powerful. Therefore, if God has God's will, God has the ability, God has the power to impose that will upon humanity and upon the earth. That's why a lot of people will say, I don't understand God's will. It's not for us to question. It's just for us to believe. There was... There's a feminist scholar. She writes a lot in the area of theology. Her name is Dorothy Soule. And she tells an amazing story about a conference she attended where there were a group of women who were sitting around talking about religious issues. And the conversation veered to the point where they begin to actually talk about God and Auschwitz. And the question was asked, where was God when all of this was happening? There was one woman in particular who spoke up and said, well, God willed it. And everyone kind of startled, looked at her and go, you know, like that look of shock, but you don't want to look shocked. And they said, what do you mean? Can you explain? And I'm going to quote her verbatim because I don't want to mess this up. This is exact words, according to Dorothy Soul, that she said. If God had not willed it, it would not have happened. Nothing, nothing happens without God. And so it is our role with this view of God is just to accept whatever happens in our world with a sense of humility. We are not supposed to doubt. We are just to have faith and believe that whatever happens in the world, it is God's will. Because if it was not God's will, then God would not have done it. Here's what's fascinating. Is Dorothy Soul 
As she wrote about this, she added her thoughts about what this woman said. She said the following, Those who see God and God's will this way, this idea that God is this grand GPS system, and that whatever happens in the world is God's will, have a relationship to God that remains childish. They do not want to be friends of God, but want to remain subordinates and dependents. But let's be honest with each other. There are times when we want this all-knowing, powerful, divine, parental figure in our lives. There's times when we face crises and difficulties, when there's the unknown and it creates a sense of anxiety. It can be very calming to believe that somewhere out there is this all-powerful, all-knowing God, and just everything will be okay. And then when things happen that we don't understand, we just pull out that line, all things work together for good. God's ways are not our ways. It's not us to question, but just to believe. And everything seems to be okay until, until what we believe to be God's will is called into question. I was 28 years old, pastoring my first church in Hollister, California. Everything was going splendidly. And then I got a phone call offering me a job to become a professor at one of the Bible liberal arts colleges. That was a dream of mine. And I thought to myself, this is God's will for my life. This is a dream that I had. And now it's happening. I mean, I was 28 years old. I didn't have a PhD. There were other people that were far more qualified that had degree, that, that degree that I didn't have yet. But we packed up that U-Haul and we drove from Hollister, California to Lincoln, Nebraska because that was God's will. And I believed it fervently. And one time, I was sitting in the office with another professor, a history professor. You avoid history professors if you like your life to just stay the way it is. Because they have a way of looking at life through the lens of history. And I remember talking to them and I was so excited and, and telling them that it, I believed that it was God's will that I was there at that college. And he looked at me and he spoke one word that changed my life. 
interesting. That's all he said. God's will has brought me here. Interesting. And I met someone for the first time who didn't believe that that was God's will for me. And it was like, what do I do with this? And it began to make me think, and that is a huge problem that we have as homo sapiens. Again, if we like our life like this, don't spend a lot of time reflecting and thinking. But I begin to think, and I begin to ask myself, how do we know when it is or is not God's will? And then I realized that a lot of people thank God for Satan. Because when something happens in our world and we don't want to say that it was God's will, then we blame it on Satan. Or we pull it out and say that somehow God allowed it and somehow that gets God off the hook. But all of a sudden I begin to realize these questions that this idea that God's will is like this GPS system that tells us directly what to do in life it wasn't working anymore for me. When I think about what happened to this family in our church, I'm not going to tell them that that was God's will. So what other option do we have? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, should, when we come to that line, should we just be quiet and no longer say, Thy will be done? Or is there another way to perhaps look at God's will? But by changing and looking at it this way, we're going to have to shift our view of God a little bit. For some of us, a lot. And maybe it, instead of seeing God as God's will being this GPS system, maybe God's will is more like a compass. And what it does is it tells us what direction we're headed. It's like someone telling you, and you ask them, so I hear you're going on vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you going? North. I know, but where are you going? I don't know. Just going north. Is it possible that that is the best way to describe God's will? Rather than seeing it in specific events and circumstances, what if we saw it in more of a general direction of the flow of life? Now, a good question to ask at this point would be, well, what is that direction that would be in line with God's will? I think human beings have thought about this a lot. And there was one person in particular who wrote over 3,000 years ago who said, I think I understand what the general direction of God's will is for humanity. And so in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, we hear these words. He has shown you, O, o mortal, what is good. And what 
does the Lord require of you? Mm -hmm. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And especially what hit me was that word, humbly. The willingness to say, I'm not sure. Maybe even the humility to be able to say, I don't know when or how God works in our world. Now, that may be a stretch for some of you, so don't go there. But what happens is if we begin to see it, instead of seeing God as this power out there that somehow intervenes into our world, we begin to see the power as residing within us, among us. And the way that that power is manifested, the way that that power makes things happen is when we cooperate with it, when we work with it. You remember Dorothy's soul and that story about the woman and her idea of Auschwitz. In this chapter of her book, she goes on and she talks about another woman who reflected about what happened in Nazi Germany. And this is what the woman said about God and God's will. God was, in fact, powerless because God had no friends male or female. God's Spirit had no place to live. The God who needs people in order to come into being was a nobody. This woman did not look up to heaven in order to be comforted by an almighty God. She looked within and around herself. She found that of God, that sense of something within herself. And there she found the strength for resistance, the courage for a clear no in a world that is drunk on the blood of the innocent. And she found another gift, a gift of the Spirit, the help of other brothers and sisters. That, she believed, was the will of God. Now, this idea is not appealing to a lot of people. Dorothy Soul says the following, God is, practically speaking, irrelevant for the great majority precisely because of God's non-interference. A lot of people believe that if God isn't intervening in our world, then who needs God? And then she goes on and says, but God is no interventionist who interferes in our lives by intervening, but an intentionist 
who makes the divine will and intention discernible. It's that intuitive sense that's within us. So how do you know? Maybe it's just listening to that small voice within ourselves that compels us in the same direction that these writers talked about in the Old Testament and the New, to act justly and to do mercy and to walk humbly with our God and with each other. Maybe, just maybe, this is what Jesus understood. Maybe when it says that Jesus was doing the will of his Father, maybe God wasn't talking to Jesus and telling him, heal that person, turn that water into wine, and then after that I want you to go and preach here. Maybe instead what Jesus was aware of was a sense of alignment, attunement, an intuitive sense of knowing what God is about, and then aligning oneself with that. Maybe that is God's will. So I'm going to leave you with a question. Thy will be done. When you pray that next time, ask yourself, when it comes to God's will, do I want to be passive? Let's just stand back and let God do God's thing? Or do I want to be active? Do I want to cooperate with the overall flow and the direction of the divine to make that real in our world? Something for you to think about. Something for you to answer. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.